Thank you, Kelly Robinson. Thank you very, very much. Kelly, my friend of, I don't know, 35, 40 years, long time. Anyway, and uh, I remember Kelly when a station we worked at together was playing country music at night and hard news all day long. So that's the way it is. It's changed a lot in this radio business. Good morning, everybody. We are live here the last uh, weekend of March, and I welcome you, and I welcome you to call me. I need some calls. Love to see some calls. 888-256-1080. Jared Taylor is running the boards and answering the phones. How much can one person do? You know, that's just how hard it is to work in radio. Seriously. 888-256-1080. It's hard when you have to do those things. It's quadruply hard when the equipment doesn't work right. We think it's working right today. So we have four phone lines. I'd love to see them occupied. I'm a realist. This is a beautiful weekend across much of Texas. And a lot of people are out gardening. They're in garden centers, I hope and out uh, doing a lot of things for their landscapes, their lawns, their gardens. But I hope as you're out driving around or at home listening on radio, I hope you'll take time to call. It's toll-free anywhere you can hear me. We broadcast to more than 30 stations and actually to three or four states and uh, also a live stream even beyond that. So toll-free until just a little before noon today. Don't wait until late in the program to call, however, 888 256 1080. I'd love to hear from you. Um, This is the week when it is going to end the week up in the 90s in parts of Texas, pretty far north in Texas in the 90s. And this is the week that earlier in the week, it was snowing in the panhandle. Go figure. What a crazy, crazy state. This is last call, absolutely last call in the Interstate uh, 20 corridor. Is that what I want to say? Yeah, Interstate 20 corridor, kind of the kind of the high waistline of Texas, kind of across the, uh, it'd be the high part of the strike zone if you were a batter. Does that make any sense to half of you? Probably not. Uh, I'm trying to figure something that'll make sense. You go from Texarkana to El Paso. That makes sense. Uh, in that area, and 150 miles or 100 miles north and south of that line, that's the, 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 the corridor I'm talking about. It's, it's the last call for applying a pre-emergent weed killer. Uh, that would be either Dimension or Baylan or Holtz to prevent the germination of crabgrass and grass burrs. I don't think you're too late. If you're pretty south in that, in that corridor, you might be too late, but you pick up a lot of the hill country in that area, and parts of the hill country have a surprisingly late uh, average date of their last killing freeze. Everything this year has been moved back by a couple of weeks in most of Texas because of the cold weather in February and early March. And so I'm willing to move that, uh, that, that application date back by 10 or 12 days, and that puts us right now. You need to do it today. So the application of those granules now and then 90 days from now, which will put you in mid-June, let's just say mid-June, that will keep the seeds from germinating. Uh, if you're in south Texas, it's too late. If you're in the panhandle where it had where they had the snow, uh, you, you still have a little time. So sometime in early April, you'd want to make that application of those granules and then 90 days later. So there you go. That'll save you that call anyway. Oh, I'd love to see the calls fill up before I get into the program. It is so much more fun to see calls and to have your questions than it is to have to design some kind of monologue to do for you. I've done both, and I prefer calls. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour.
All right, we'll take our first break, and then we'll get the program underway with your calls. And first call-up will be uh, Carol, uh, Carolyn in uh, Buckholtz. And so uh, I look forward to that. Uh, I have something to announce to you today. This is a, a drastic change in, in my book offer. And uh, the reason is I got a, a text about uh, an email about uh, two nights ago, three nights ago, and it was from the printer. Neil, the paper has finally arrived. Let me explain. I have been in a supply chain nightmare since October when I ordered the sixth printing of my book, Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. I had enough uh, copies of the book that I thought I could get until right about now, Uh, but it takes about two months to get the book printed. And they started telling me then in January, we have a problem. We have a problem with paper. I, I won't get into a lot of detail, but, but this sixth printing ain't going to be ready until June or early July or I don't know when it is. But I have enough of the fifth printing that I've been hoarding. I haven't put any specials on. I haven't done anything with it other than just offer it at regular price. Now, all of a sudden, they want them out of the warehouse so we can get the sixth printing in. So, okay, whatever. So the, the fifth printing... Uh, which is exactly the same as the six printing with two small paragraphs dealing with last year's cold spell. That's the only difference, and you lived that one, so you know that one. The six printing will be thirty-eight ninety-five. I have marked this one down to thirty-two ninety-five. It was thirty-six, now it's thirty-two ninety-five. So you have a significant savings for the fifth printing of Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. Three hundred forty-four pages, eight hundred forty of my photographs. It's a hardback printed on high-quality paper, printed in San Antonio. It covers every aspect of outdoor gardening for every county in Texas. It covers trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit and vegetables. Uh, covered it all, and a 48-page perpetual calendar of when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants in your landscape and garden. The book is not in stores, and it's not on Amazon. There are two ways you can buy it, and it's $32.95 now while I have copies of the fifth printing. I don't have a lot, but while I have them, they're $32.95, satisfaction completely guaranteed. I sign every copy as it sells. They will go quickly at that price. Order right away. The best way to order, the better way, is at neilsperry.com. Do that right now while you know you can get a copy. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Or you can call my office Monday through Friday business hours, 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is at neilsperry.com. Dot com. Also need to tell you, sorry, I do that uh, that ad two different ways. Other ways, a recorded ad follows it, so my, my bad there. Let me tell you about uh, Mueller right now. The 1930s were difficult times for America. Uh, the uh, country was in the Great Depression. Jobs were scarce, but hopes remained high. And it was during that time that Mueller started making metal products. Now, here we are 90 years later, and the Mueller name is known across the South as having the finest in quality steel and workmanship. Wouldn't it be nice 90 years in to have your name known as still being the best 90 years later, almost a century? Mueller and its products, they understand what it means to weather the storm. A Mueller metal roof is made to last and to protect you and your most valued possessions from the harsh weather we're accustomed to in our area. 
A Mueller metal roof can endure the intense sun, the heavy rain, hail, and snows for years to come. That's a lot longer than a conventional roof. If you want peace of mind for the future, choose a metal roof for your home. A roof that's been made by Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Visit MuellerInc.com. Learn more. Find a location near you. You'll see why a Mueller metal roof is the best thing to put over your head. Give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. Or you can stop by one of their 33 locations. That's Mueller. They're made in America. And they're made to last. MuellerInc.com. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. We still have an open line. If you'd like to grab it, please call now. Don't call it uh, at 1145 and say, Neil, I never can get through to you. It's, uh, as Kelly just said, 888-256-1080. Please call right now. We broadcast to Alpine. I don't see you, Alpine. Broadcast to the Bryan College Station area where I grew up. Grew up. We uh, will go to Buckholz in just a minute. Uh, we broadcast all the way to Corpus Christi and Victoria and, and Crockett and East Texas, all the way to Amarillo. I don't see you all. I know you're there. I've, I've heard rumors you're there. <laughs> Give us a call, 888-256-1080. Let's go to Carolyn and Buckholz. How can I help you, Carolyn? Hey, uh can you hear me okay? I can hear you. I really would prefer if you could turn your radio off, please. Oh, okay. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. That is okay. the reason. There you go. <laughs> okay, now, how can thanks. I help you? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I have three questions real quick for you. Uh, the first one, I'm planting in my garden. My garden looks... Uh, we already planted our seed potatoes and everything. They're all coming up. But I'm setting out jalapeno peppers. And somebody told us, I got six plants. Don't plant right side of them because uh, the next thing you plant side of it, they, it might get so hot you can't eat it. Is that true? or? Uh, that is not going to happen. That does not happen. Okay. It doesn't happen in first generation. You're not, not a problem. Oh, okay. Thank you very much for that. Uh, the next question is, I was raking leaves here underneath my pecan tree in the front yard, and I'm still picking up pecans, but I'm raking all these leaves off of my the carpet grass or, or whatever, St. Augustine grass or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I go ahead and uh, fertilize that grass now? Um. End of, oh, absolutely. Yeah, where you are, yes. In fact, we're pretty close over the whole state that uh, that turf grass could be fertilized. Okay, yes. so I can go ahead and just fertilize all that after I've got all these leaves. They were so yes. thick. I got them all out. Yeah, next uh, year you'd be better off to get the leaves off sooner, Carolyn. I know sometimes we don't get around to it for various reasons, but putting uh, letting the leaves stay over the winter encourages disease problems in the St. Augustine. Um, right. What, what kind of soil do you have? Is it sandy or is it's it clay? It's black land. <laughs> All right. You want to uh, use an all-nitrogen fertilizer. Uh, no no middle number in your fertilizer. So be very careful. You don't buy a fertilizer that has any of the middle number in it. No middle number. Okay. Yeah, no phosphorus. Phosphorus accumulates in clay soils, 
And it's also very important. I'm, I'm trying not to make this very technical, but it's also very important that when you, when you buy the nitrogen fertilizer, that you get a high quality one that has a, uh, maybe a third or more of that nitrogen in slow release form. If you go to an independent nursery or hardware store or feed store, they will know what that means. If you go into a big national box store, they probably won't know what that means. But you want, you want encapsulated nitrogen or coated nitrogen for about a third of that nitrogen. And the reason is if you get, uh, if you get something like ammonium sulfate, which is 2100, that's all nitrogen. But that is like drinking soda pop for your nutrition. It's fast release. The, the grass will green up overnight. And then two weeks later, it's, it just plummets. And it's very, it causes disease problems. You don't want that. So you, you want a third to uh, maybe 40% of the nitrogen in slow-release form. All nitrogen and a high-quality uh, slow-release nitrogen. Okay, I got it. I was taking notes as fast as you said. Attagirl. I got it. Attagirl. Okay, and one other question. My uh, mountain laurel tree in the back, backyard, mm-hmm. uh, it's real tall. Uh, one big branch died. I guess it... I don't know the weather it pro- or whatever. It probably froze it. in yeah, probably froze in February a year ago. R- right, it did. Yeah. Can we go ahead and uh, trim that out? Yes, if the wood is dead and it hasn't put any new growth on it, yes, you need to prune it out. Right, prune it, prune it back flush with a branch that is alive. And and I have I don't know how many little uh, coffee cans, the bigger coffee cans, full of all the little mountain laurel, the little red ones, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. Well, mm-hmm. Are they still good to transplant or what? I don't know what to do with all of them. You're talking about the seeds that came the out of the seeds. pods? Yeah, you can plant those. Do you know how to plant those and how to yeah, start Yes, so you, you already told me all, you know. Okay. Yeah, you can do those. They last for years. And do you know anybody would like some? They're free. <laughs> no. Now, some of your friends around there may. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you can yeah they, they've been getting them around yeah, here. Yeah, that's good. Well, I better uh, run. Okay. I have another call waiting behind you, but I sure Th- appreciate it. Thank you call. for all the thank information. You. We listen to you every Saturday. You're <laughs> wonderful. Have a great day. Thanks, Okay, Caroline. thank you. Before I go to Gene and Senton, I, I want to explain, Texas Mountain Laurel has an incredibly hard seed coat. Uh, it is the the bright red thing. The, the, the seeds of Texas Mountain Laurel are half, again, as big as English peas. They're They're... They're good sized, and uh, that red seed coat is is the protection for those seeds, because mountain laurel is native to an area where it rains ten or twenty inches a year, and if they didn't have that hard seed coat, this is why so many of our Texas plants, like blue bonnets, have very hard seed coats. They have evolved. They have survived over the millennia, um, and and uh, if they had soft seed coats. The first time it rained a shower of a quarter of an inch, all the seeds would germinate. And then if you got hit by a month of dry weather, they would all die. And so when you have these plants that have hard seed coats, they don't all germinate at the same time. And so just a process of time passing, they germinate a few at a time, a few at a time, and a few at a time. And some of the ones that germinate then survive because they hit a rainy spell and they get their roots down deep into the soil. Mount Laurel is that way. If you want to get very, uh, if, if you wait on, on Mount Laurels to germinate, you just plant the seeds like you would beans in a garden, 
Oh my gosh. Oh, you will you will grow old waiting for them to germinate. They're just so slow. My dad did uh, research on that plant because he was working with the Sheep and Goat Raisers Association with Texas A&M. That plant is pretty toxic to sheep and goats. And so he actually had me doing it, starting the seedlings. And the way you do it is you take a pair of pliers, hold the seed, take a little three-corner file, and file through that red seed coat until you just see the creamy white uh, embryo within the seed coat, just beneath the seed coat. When you penetrate that red outer portion, you stop filing, you soak it overnight in a bucket of water and just get water into it, and then you can plant them, and they'll germinate probably 90% within a couple of weeks. It makes all the difference. That's called scarifying the seed. It's S-C-A-R-I-F-Y-I-N-G. And to a different degree, they do it with sulfuric acid, but acid-treated bluebonnet seeds are scarified to get through that hard seed coat. That's not something you should do yourself. That's very dangerous with sulfuric acid. Oh, my goodness. But you can buy uh, acid-treated uh, 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 bluebonnet seeds to get good germination. So that's uh, that's what uh, what we were talking about. Gene and Sinton, stay with me. Let me get a break out of the way. I'll come to you in just a moment. It, it's a, just a quick break here. Folks, we have a line open at 888-256-1080, and it has your name on it, 888-256-1080. Niels Perry's eGardens is my free electronic newsletter that we publish every Thursday a little after 6 p.m. I spend about a day and a half a week uh, working on eGardens, and, uh, and I enjoy it very much. I write almost all of the stories for eGardens, and uh, Diane Sitton writes one per month, and, and my friend Stephen Chambly uh, from the Longview Arboretum writes one per month. The other uh, five per week I write, the other four per week, or five on the weeks when they're not writing. And uh, so that's what it is. You always have a featured plant of the week. You'll always have a featured question of the week, something I've been asked uh, several times. And you always will have gardening this weekend where I point out the things most important for you to get done that weekend. So those are the things that you do uh, that you get in eGardens plus another two stories of general interest uh, and important interest for that interest for that time of, of, the, of the growing season. Now, if you're not already getting eGardens, you need to sign up at neilsperry.com. If you want to see what it looks like, go to that same page, neilsperry.com. Same uh, website you, uh, where you go to buy my book. And uh, click instead, though, on the eGardens page. And just scroll down. You'll see the recent issue, and you'll also see the place to sign up. Neil Sperry's eGardens at N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. More after these messages. Kelly, thank you very much. Again, I'm going to reinforce that number. We still have an open line. We just can't seem to get, seem to get them all filled. 888-256-1080. 888-256-1080. Call right now. Let's go to Gene in Sinton. Gene, this is Neil. Good morning. Yes, sir. I talked to you last year, and Gene didn't write it down. Uh, <laughs> when you, Hey, I'm old. I use that as an excuse all the time. <laughs> When you do, fer- uh, I need to fertilize my crepe myrtles, and you mm-hmm. told me time release, and I think the lady before me, you talked about the slow-release nitrogen, and uh, help me again, and <laughs> when to do it. 
All right. You want to fertilize crepe myrtles when they are beginning to, to sprout out their buds. Okay. Uh, you We're want not to fer- quite there. No. Uh, you want to fertilize them again, but it won't be much longer. You want to fertilize them again uh, when uh, when the uh, uh, buds are, when the new growth is fully expanded and growing vigorously. That usually okay. is uh, probably early June. And then I fertilize mine again in late summer, probably, I don't think this one's critical timing, probably early to mid-August, just to get a round of okay. growth in the fall. Um, they bloom on new growth, and it seems counterintuitive to be putting a lawn fertilizer on something you want to bloom, but because they need to be growing to bloom, that's what you do. You put a, a high nitrogen fertilizer on them. Okay, a high nitrogen? High or what all, depending on whether you have clay or whether you... Oh, let me, do you let want me, to make pottery? Yeah. Do you want uh, to make hang on, pottery? Hang on, hang on just a second. Yeah. It, it really depends on what a soil test tells you. Uh, but yeah. for clay soils generally, like I said on the uh, on the St. Augustine, clay soils tend to uh, absorb and hold phosphorus, the middle number, way too okay. long. And we, they get almost to toxic levels of phosphorus. And even though that is what it make what is used to make tomatoes produce fruit and roses and crepe myrtles produce flowers they have more than they need and they say all right enough of banana pudding i don't want any more you know i've had all i want and so they don't need any more phosphorus what they need is what it takes to make new growth and that's the nitrogen that's that's why it, it took me i was hard headed early as an extension worker I said, I can't believe the Texas A&M soil testing lab is sending these reports back saying you need to put nitrogen on your tomatoes. Surely they got the, the test mixed up or something. Oh, that was you a were lot young. of years ago. But the truth is the, the clay soils hold too much uh, phosphorus. So that's okay. that's why if you have a sandy soil that, that doesn't <laughs> hold nutrients, then I for, wish. For, for our listeners who have sandy soils, you would use a high-nitrogen fertilizer. For people who have clay soils, you would use an all-nitrogen fertilizer. Okay. And you want to buy a high-quality okay. high-nitrogen that does have slow release uh, as a major component. Now, your turn. All right. One more thing. I have a volunteer crepe myrtle that came up in a pot by just out of nowhere. I need to transplant it. And like I said, our soil is clay. What about expanded shale, mixing that in with the soil? Well, to be very candid, I don't think crepe myrtles care. I, I, don't, okay. I don't give. That's what I call heroic soil preparation when you start <laughs> using all kinds of soil amendments for plants. And yeah. in, our, in our World Collection Park of crepe myrtles, I'm, on, on the, I'm founding member of the Crepe Myrtle Trails of McKinney. In our seven and a half acre park with all the known varieties, we have not done that for the crepe myrtles. They okay. they just now for the miniature ones, the, the little ones, uh, we we would do that kind of bed preparation, but not for one that probably is going to be okay. a large one. That's You're going to need to plant that in a spot where you assume it to be a full size crepe myrtle. You don't have any reason to know it to be anything else, and so you better plant it out in the open somewhere where it can grow full size good size well anyway thank you so much you're welcome and this time i wrote everything down now all right you are good to go have a good day thanks bye-bye all right let's go to ed in corpus christi now ed this is neil good morning 
Good morning, Neil. Head from the coast. I've got two quick questions for you. One, there's a lot of uh, the freeze killed my orange tree, and there's nothing but suckers coming up, and that's not going to be any good. So I need to. It's too late to plant something in the ground, I would assume. And I'm asking about whether or not I can buy one of these from the nursery in a pot, and and maybe next fall or whenever I'm supposed to plant it and plant it in the ground. That's the first question. Are you talking about another orange tree? Yes, sir. It's not too late to plant an orange tree in Corpus Christi. It's okay. not too late at all, not even close to too late. I don't think it will oh, ever good. be too late. Go for it. All right, I'll do that. Okay, what would you suggest down here? What 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 type of, what kind, what brand, what name? What I'm I'm going to ask a favor of you, and that is don't trust me. I, I have never lived in Corpus <laughs> Christi. I would very uh, much prefer to be honest with you and tell you that if you go to an independent retail garden center and put your faith in them i would i would do that the other thing i would suggest you do is let me uh, i'm using my laptop for my call screen let me look at a page that i have saved i can i can give you a good lead uh, i'm going to pull up a uh, fruit and nut resources is how i have it labeled and i think they have a sheet on uh, oranges they do um, and I will tell you the the number. You can write it down. It's the uh, well. This is this is an archive thing from 34 years ago, 24 years ago. Let me go back just a second. Don't 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 leave town. Um, Texas A&M has some really good fact sheets on. Here's one on citrus in general. Um, I'm I'm going to I'm going to refer you. Oh, this looks good. This looks good. It's written by Julian Sauls. Julian is a friend. Uh, used to be in Tarrant County and then went to the Valley many, many years ago. Um, it doesn't have a it doesn't have a fact sheet number on it. It's, it's uh, Fruit and Nut Resources Citrus by Julian W. Sauls. S A U L S. Um, and and read down on that, and he will have variety recommendations. Uh, if you look at Aggie Horticulture online, they will have a lot of recommendations. Um, growing citrus in containers. I'm scrolling down toward the bottom, but there, there somewhere I have found a sheet online that has the the recommended varieties for South Texas, and and that can okay. help you. I just don't have it. At I'm looking for a navel. All right, navel well, orange. If I could get can, that, they can help you. Look up Aggie All right, Horticulture. Second, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. What's your other Okay, question? second question is about this wild garlic again. And that's to, uh, it's growing good, and I'm down to two after about 15 years, and I'm afraid that all of my stuff is going to become extinct, so I need to be these two that I have left. Uh, they're about five inches high, and I don't want to lose them, and I want to care for them as best I can. Um, what should I look for when I get ready to harvest, or do what do you do? So I can, I'm trying to save them. They're growing real good right now. All right. Are you not getting cloves on these? Well, I've been getting cloves, but the last time I, I did something wrong, I dug down there and there was a, a grub worm eating up that. And that one never came up either. Okay. But if uh, you were to pull them up after a while, you know, when they start dying, like the tops of them, oh, you can see the cloves there. 
I'm just afraid because I've lost everything I've no, had. No, I understand that. With, the, with that garlic, garlic is and I'm too old to go out in like the pasture again. Yeah, I, I'm going to go over two with you, and you may never call me again at this rate. You probably heard my no, disclaimer. No, that's okay. You probably heard my disclaimer last week that I have a deathly. I carry a laminated card uh, with my <laughs> allergy to garlic, the onion family: garlic, onions, chives, leeks, shallots, and scallions. And a medical yes. allergy, and so I don't I don't get around them. So I don't have a lot of experience in growing uh, any of the garlic, but it's uh, the gar- the uh, onion family, but it is propagated by cloves. And um, a grub worm is a separate introduced insect into the environment. Uh, if you need to get the grubs out of there before you before you replant the cloves, that would be the best I would know. Okay. Okay. Well, you I can hit do that. Two, I can make two weak things. One that I'm just not familiar with because of climate, and the other I just can't grow. Okay. Okay. All right. So far, so good. I'll call you no, back and not, tell you I've got ten next year. Yeah, call me back with a question I know something about. <laughs> I I promise you, <laughs> I I can do better on almost any topic except tap dancing. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Neil. I I appreciate it. I didn't do you much good, but thank you. All right, we're going to take a break. We will come back. We have a call from Hereford as we hopscotch across Texas. Uh, Let me see. I need to tell you about, I did a lot of research on the vegetable chapter of my book. Um, I did a lot of research because landscape horticulture was what both of my degrees were in in college and all of my work with extension and everything else. It wasn't in the vegetable side, but but, so I, I worked really hard to get that chapter of my book ready and got a lot of outside help. Um, so I, the the thing that I mentioned to you uh, about half an hour ago, first time I have mentioned it publicly, and and uh, it probably won't take too long, I have a limited number of copies of my fifth printing available, and I have cut the price as of this week. And the reason for that is I got a I got a message, an urgent message from the printer that they have put the book, uh, the sixth printing of the book, back on the presses. They they got finally this this um, supply chain thing is crazy. It has just driven me nuts since October when I ordered the sixth printing of my book. And the, the, the sixth printing is going to be essentially the very same book with two paragraphs changed to reflect the cold of February 2021. Two paragraphs. Everything else is exactly verbatim the same. So, uh, but I'm going to save you six dollars. It will be thirty-eight ninety-five. This one I am selling to you at thirty-two ninety-five. While I have copies of the fifth printing, and uh, so this is a real bargain for you. But it's only while I have supplies left. This book covers all aspects of outdoor gardening. It covers uh, the basics of gardening in Texas. That's chapter one. Chapter two is. Um, the calendar, the 48-page calendar of when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants that you're growing. And it's a perpetual calendar. It's not a grid, uh, so it's good forever. Uh, then chapters 3 through 11 cover trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, and then fruit and vegetables. All of it in there, written for every county in this state. Uh, it's a it's a, a book that I've spent a year of my life uh, uh, writing and all of my life learning. 344 pages, 840 of my photographs. It's hardback, printed on high-quality paper in San Antonio. 
It is not in stores, and it's not on Amazon. You buy it by calling my office Monday through Friday business hours or by going to my website. Those are the only two ways you can get it, and it's only $32.95 while supplies of the fifth printing last. Now, I was, I was asked to go ahead and clear out the warehouse of the remaining copies. There aren't a lot, and uh, so we need to get them sold. And so before the sixth printing is off the presses in the next month or two. And uh, so that's the uh, I'm passing that offer on to you right now. Here are the two ways to order. The phone number to my office Monday through Friday, 800-752-GROW. 800-752-GROW. That's 800-752-4769. The better way, though is to order right now while you're thinking about it at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. More after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. And we will go to uh, Rick in Hereford. Rick, this is Neil. Good morning. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, I think. We'll find out together. Uh, How can I help you? (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing great. So, I uh, had a question. All my dogs seem to be allergic to our grass in the backyard, and I was going to till it up and plant some new grass or put some sod down. What type of grass would you recommend that's kind of a non-allergenic grass? Well, you need to you need to determine what part of the lawn is causing the allergy. Um, there are fungus both, both sides. I mean, I have, we, we built this house 15 years ago and the, they put sod down and they're allergic to it. Well, hang on though. My, my point being that a lot of the allergies that come out of turf, I'm, I'm probably not going to be as able to help you as a, a veterinarian would. Um, and, and I may bail well, early on this answer to you because I know that allergies that humans get out of turf grass don't come from the grass. They come from the fungus spores that are within the grass. Yeah. Now, there there are allergies that come from the pollen as well. But, but for example, St. Augustine has far fewer mold spores in it than, than Bermuda grass. We had a neighbor who just died every time he mowed his Bermuda lawn. And, um, and, and, and I get that. Our son has the same issue with, with St. Augustine, not so much. So, but you don't want St. Augustine in Hereford, Texas, for two reasons: it'll freeze, and secondly, because it takes too much water. So, um, you know, you might consider fescue, but I don't know. I don't know, and and I think your veterinarian is going to have to guide you. You well, need to know for sure that it's. He's the one that told else. me to ask somebody, because um, he, he suggested I rip up, put new carpet down. Well, we ripped all the carpet out of the house and we put tile down so and well, rick I, I would have to have a lot more time than just a i have never had right. this question before and it is way out of my my field of expertise i would be happy to do some research on it but i have you ever heard of some, some grass called canadian green have you ever heard oh, that oh yeah oh yeah it's advertised every spring about this time it's a blend really? of grasses out of canada it's aptly named you know, you're closer to Canada yeah. than, than most of Texas is, but I don't think it's something you want. Okay. Yeah. I okay. would I would wonder about fescue. Have you tried fescue? 
Yeah, I think this is a this has got fescue and ryegrass no, mixed no, in. No, I mean, I know I don't want the Canadian green. I'm saying, have you tried right. fescue before by itself? Uh, yeah, on the where I used to live, we had fescue, and I didn't have a problem until I moved over here. So, all right, there that's you probably go. what I'll do yeah. is just try fescue and see yeah, what I happens. I think I would do that. I got to run. I'm way behind on a break, and I've got Chris and Corpus okay, Christi as well. But I, 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 I. That's where I would start, I think. Hey, I appreciate your call very, very much. And I'm sorry it's out of my field, kind of. Uh, let me get my last break in, folks, and it's it's uh, critical enough. I'm just going to say my website is neilsperry.com. It's where you can order my book at that sale price where you sign up for eGardens, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Why pay every month for a temporary storage facility when you can own a Mueller building? Mueller's backyard buildings are easy to assemble. They're affordable, and they offer a permanent storage solution right in your own backyard. With a variety of sizes available and more than 30 colors from which to choose, their backyard building kits complement any home or landscape. And if your equipment requires even more storage space, Mueller's standard series buildings are ready to go to work for you. They're ready right away, and they're fabulous. From workshops to big barns, these pre-engineered bolt-together buildings come in a variety of size and color options. You can also visit them online at MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Get a free customized building estimate. And while you're there, click on their color selector tool. Make choosing the perfect combination of colors an easy decision. To find out more about Mueller steel buildings and metal roofing, call 877-2-MUELLER, 877-268-3553, or visit them at MuellerInc.com. Mueller means more. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. We have a couple minutes left. I want to get to Chris in Corpus Christi. Chris, thanks for calling. How can I help you? Hello, Neil. Thank you. Now, I have a balcony that faces east, and it has uh, six to seven hours of full sun um, in the morning uh, during daylight savings time. I had two plants potted. Uh, They're in three-foot-tall 22-inch diameter, and they both died in the in the freeze. One was a ponytail palm that was doing really well. The other was an elephant ear, and it's struggling right now. If I and I have a seven and a half foot ceiling height restriction, so uh, I'm looking for replacing those two. Can you give me some thoughts? All right, um, the. Uh ponytail won't take any freezing weather so if you wanted to grow another one uh, it would be a great plant for that kind of lighting but you'd have to bring it in on those rare rare occasions when you went below 32 degrees Uh, i love ponytails and they're they're slow moving and so they're easy to maintain Uh, but anyway i'm just going back with what you had and what you seem to like uh the elephant ears the colocaceas um are they're not annuals, but they but they do die to the ground and and uh, have to have a dormant period, and so from that standpoint, I would I wouldn't be as excited about those during the winter time, even though they will okay. come back. They they aren't very pretty part of the year. Um, there are lots of plants that you could use. You know, if you wanted vegetables, you could. Well, I don't know. You want something that looks better. No, right. 
Yeah. Um, there are lots of plants you could use. I would, in a heartbeat, I would have some of the beautiful coleus varieties out there. I've always, I, I decorated my in-law's house with container-grown uh, coleus uh, I hate to tell you, because it dates me, but 54 years ago for our wedding reception, I raised them in the greenhouses at Ohio State, and I took them to, to Asheville, Ohio, to their rural home, and they were the, the, the color for the wedding reception. And they are How tall do they grow? All of the time. Well, coleus get uh, uh, 30 inches tall, 30 inches wide. depends on the varieties, but there are so much better varieties now that don't bloom which is what you don't want. You don't want flowers on them because they quit growing when that happens. Their leaves right. are beautiful. That's what I would use, some of the sun-tolerant coleus. Uh, I'd have I really appreciate your thoughts. You're very you kind. You bet. I hope you have a great week. Folks, I hope everybody has a great week. I've enjoyed this very much. Thanks for listening. Happy gardening.